Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. This is the intro for the delayed broadcast. And I am sitting here right now with a man who is not Lyle. Where in the world is Lyle? Where where is Lyle? But, mate, Lyle's just all over the place. I'm not here with Lyle. No. Or Mon. I'm here with Darren. How are you, Darren? Yes, awesome. Good morning, everybody. The sun's coming up. Looks like it'll be another awesome Monday day here in the studio. Mm. Tuesday day, I mean. Tuesday day, mate. We're (laughs) we're all over it. Of course, delayed broadcast intro. We're just all over the place. This is... We don't know when you're going to be hearing this. Maybe... Probably Tuesday Maybe Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday or Thursday or maybe next week. We don't know. But what we do know is that we are so grateful that you are tuning in. I just want to ask you, Darren, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for um, chocolate spread. You? Oh, yeah, the chalky cho- <laughs> spread. We're going to talk about that a bit later on. Yeah, we're going to be talking about chalky spread a bit later on. I am really thankful that I caught my train. I um, I went on the train yesterday down to Sydney, and uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about how I, um, yeah, it was a bit of a Mission Impossible moment. Yeah, running, I, 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 that's awesome, that's awesome. Train. Also had a really, 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 really amazing day um, in Sydney yesterday walking around, and I'm going to be talking about that too. But, of course, coming up in our show, we're going to be talking to Dr. John Ashton. That's always awesome. Which is always good. Dr. John Ashton, of course, a creation scientist who has written a book called Evolution Impossible, 12 Reasons Why Evolution Can't Explain the Origin of Life. We're going to be talking about the second chapter of the book on probably one of the most, um, you know, the fundamental principles of evolution, the fundamental yeah. basis of philosophy. We're going to be talking about Darwinism and the ideas stated there and, and why, you know, Dr. John Ashton, as a scientist from his experience, why, you know, Darwinism doesn't check out. So, if you want to hear that, continue listening. Of course, we're going to be continuing on with our Bible study and Revelation. What is this beast? And when? Where is Lyle? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> where is Lyle? Of course, you know if you really, if you're a really studious listener and you listen all the way through to the end, we're going to be having a little bit of a chat with Lyle right at the end of the show. So it's a little bit of a carrot in front of the donkey. If you are, um, <laughs> of course, we're not calling you guys donkey. We love you and we think you're amazing. Keep listening to our show. But um, yeah, just. I think today is going to be an awesome show. We're going to Welcome have to the day. <laughs> awesome time. Um, you know, wherever you're listening to this, of course, if you want to listen to the live show, if you want to jump across the live broadcast, there is something you can do. You can get on your phone, go to faithofheaven.com and click the little play button in the top right hand corner and bada bing, bada boom, wherever you are in the world, you have live Faith FM. Stay listening. There'll be more right after this. Still 
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are joining us here. It is 7.10 in the morning and we have come to the first of our news segments, the good news. But before we get into it, Darren, would you give us a clue for the quiz? Yes, yes, a quiz. Awesome quiz questions today and oh. awesome answer too. And reprise for the winner oh, if yeah, you phone in. Of course. If you know what this the answer of this quiz is, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will get a free prize. Okay, yes. what's the first? So, one? who am I? Ooh, it's a person. The king of Gerar sought me out to make a treaty with me that I would do him and his people no harm. Oh man, that's a hard one. That is a hard one. I have no. I'm like stumped. If you know who who went and talked to the king of Gerar, um, then give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You will get a prize. I might need a couple more clues just to just to really. There's more coming. Stay tuned. So. What's going on? What's our positively different news for today? Yeah, well, always positively different is chocolate. Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They say chocolate um, makes the world go round. Uh-huh. Um, they and do. A, a, one of our <laughs> famous chocolate companies mm-hmm. apparently is sending shoppers into a frenzy. Oh, how? Oh. Um, no yes. Um, they've released a spread called caramel spread caramel into our spread. supermarkets and people apparently are going off on getting this product um this is awesome on pancakes one shopper said take my money take it all another shopper take said all my money <laughs> yeah and, and give me this spread it's nice melted and poured over ice cream one user posted on instagram spread over waffles another insisted excuse me while we rush to our local supermarket for a taste of this Oh, this heavenly spread. This apparently the the Instagram and the social media is lighting up over chocolate. Dude, that is like the best thing ever. Like caramel spread on pancakes. I couldn't think of anything better. I'm like, celebrating right now. Oh, and then you put ice cream and Milo on top. Man, what else could you want? This is just the best. Like, ah. Oh. So that's my good news story for the day. Get some, get some chocolate. Get some chocolate. <laughs> get some. Man, that is, that is incredible. Oh, so so good. I'm just. Would you would you um sell everything for a, a jar of hazelnut spread or whatever it is or caramel uh, spread nah, or? <laughs> I don't think I'd sell everything. I would I would do a lot though for some caramel. I'm gonna I might sneak down to the to the local Woolies pickups in the break. <laughs> pick <laughs> up some case. caramel spread, head home, chucker on. I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm uh, I don't I don't think I'm well, uh, energized enough to to go and make pancakes. Maybe put it on toast. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, what about you? I, oh, well, I have I have some. Um, some relatively relatively good news this morning. Um, I was yesterday. I went down to Sydney to go and pick up my passport, and this is really important because oh, that's right. you're traveling. Soon. I'm going to Ethiopia to preach, and and um, man, there was so much red tape to get my passport. Like just an unbelievable amount of of red tape and this is not just a visa this is actually getting your passport yeah just yep. getting my passport well it's because um last time i was out of the country when i was when i was living in europe um i overstayed my visa when i was out of there oh, like, naughty. oh man not gonna give me a passport so you know there was some ne- a little bit of negotiating and then eventually you know got they were like yeah get a passport um and by that time you know just just 
yeah, a few different factors. I had to end up getting like express, you know, express. So when are you traveling? Um, on Thursday. And you got your passport yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of actually I was actually thinking about like just going down there a Thursday, Thursday in the middle of the day because I fly out Thursday afternoon. I was thinking about just like catching the train down in the morning and then going and picking it up. But oh. then my parents, <laughs> my, my dad was like, that is silly. Like you need to check and make sure it's okay so that you have a couple of days if it's not okay for them to, to redo it. And I was yep. like, okay, yep fully um but anyways went down and picked up my passport and then i was like hey you know i'm uh i'm i'm not on the clock today i got a couple hours i'm just gonna just have a quick walk wander around, around sydney walk around sydney so it was just really awesome just walking around in the cbd and um i uh put a waypoint in for there was a, a guitar shop about two k's from the station that i wanted to go to because I, I i myself play guitar and i love playing guitar so i put my waypoint in and um Oh, something to mention just before I get to that. I um when I was when I was catching the train down there, it was a little bit sporadic that I was like I literally left the studio and I called. I saw you run out yesterday. You actually ran out of the studio. Yeah, I ran out of the studio because I was like, Oh yeah, I, I just remember I'm like, I should go down to Sydney today. So I like ran out of the studio, got in my car, went home, um, you know, was talking to my dad. I was like, Hey dad, because my dad works from home, I'm like, Can yep. you can you drop me off at the station so I don't have to leave my car there and he's like okay so i went to the station and the, the train was like just about to take off as we got there i get out of the car run up the stairs tap on with my opal car and race running to the th- <laughs> like i'm outside of the train and then it goes doors closing yes i'm like running like full sprint and the doors start closing and as the doors are closing i run through them and the doors close behind Sounds like me. a marvel superhero it, movie it was and it was the coolest thing ever like I was, you know, and there was a bunch of ladies there. They were all really impressed. They were like, whoa, look at this guy. I was like, man, I am so cool. I'm like, <laughs> I was stoked. But anyways, yeah, I was down in Sydney, set a waypoint for this guitar shop. On the way, um, one of my friends, uh, Harley, he's like super keen on this restaurant down there, on this burger chain. It's called Lord of the Fries. Yep. And they, they do vegan, completely vegan is, burgers. Is that down at Central Station? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that place. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, got to go to the Lord of the Fries. But he told me that ages ago and I was down there I'm like man what is that vegan place called and I'm just walking along I'm like I'll look up vegan restaurants in Google Maps and then I look over and I see Lord of the Fries and it came to <laughs> As me you do. Like, oh that's it so went and went and grabbed a, an awesome vegan burger um, then made my way to the guitar shop and on the way I went past uh, St. Andrew's Cathedral. Uh, oh, beautiful. Space. Anglican yeah. Cathedral. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to check it out. So, uh, I'm walking around looking at all the stained glass windows and all the really cool, you know, stories that it depicts, you know, going through the life of Jesus. And um, there was a few people sitting in there. And then there was like some 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 audio guys like working on some stuff up the front. And there was a piano just there open. And I was like, you know, went up to the to the audio dudes because I assumed that they work for the church, and yep. I was like, "Hey, can I play the piano?" And the guy's like, "Oh no, nah, I'm I'm not from the church. I'm from the school, um, but you know, I'm I'm sure maybe it'd be okay." But I was still a bit skeptical. I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I should do this." So then I went to another guy who seemed to be fixing something in the roof, and I was like, "Oh, I think this guy maybe works for the church." And he's like, "No, nah, I'm just the electrician." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, no one's here who Anybody works work for the here? church." So you know what? I'm just gonna sit down and play it and so i started playing piano and then you know i was playing some some different chords and different melodies and different things and then i started singing amazing grace and i just wanted to sing because it's like you know it's such a 
big cathedral and the echo was amazing. Um, And then all these Asians started started filming me playing. And so, like, and they were filming me and people were watching me play and sing. And, man, I felt like, you know, I'm probably... Going viral in Your China, social media China star at the moment. So, no, <laughs> probably not. There wasn't that many people, but I was just like feeling good. But anyway, so I, I ditched the piano. I, I had a really good time in there, and then just kept walking. And I eventually made it to the guitar shop down there. It's called the Guitar Lounge, and they're like a Fender specialist. Oh, Fender yeah. being one of the you know most prominent sort of guitar. Um, guitar manufacturers and and at the moment I've been looking for a guitar I'm like looking for a, an electric guitar but I'm like really lost as to what I should get I've got an, a, a really nice acoustic guitar a really nice three quarter that I really love and I, I think you know when you get into anything like any hobby you know cycling or whatever you start out with something and you just need to get more and more and more so you can do more session and more kicks yeah, in. yeah 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 <laughs> so I've got my acoustic guitar but I'm like no I, I need an electric guitar and I need a 12 string guitar and I, like all these different things um, but I, I was playing some of the guitars and then I saw it I saw my dream guitar it was a white almost shiny oh man it was, and- it, was a, it was a white Fender Jazzmaster and I was looking at it and I was like oh I don't know how I feel about these guitars you know I thought maybe I wanted a Strat or maybe I wanted a hollow body um, you know uh, Epiphone or a Gibson or something but then I was like I just want to I just want to take this down and plug it in and see how it plays and just you know plugged it in turned the reverb all the way up and I played a D major 7 which is a really kind of jazzy chord and it just made the sound that I was like this is it. So, you know, obviously I'm really poor at the moment because I'm going to Ethiopia and I just paid for flights and accommodation and all that stuff. But that's my, <laughs> I found my guitar. So I'm, uh, I'm gearing up for that. And it's just, just an awesome day. I just had so much fun. But right now, this is Jaden Lavik with Wondrous Love. We'll be back after this. <laughs>
on, I sing on And when from death I'm free, I sing on And when from death I'm free, I sing in joyful peace And through eternity, I sing on And through eternity, I'll sing Welcome back to Faith FM. We are moving through our show, but before we get into the current news, what is our next clue for the quiz? Another clue for the quiz. Who am I? Clue number two. Ring us if you know what it is. Great prize. I was 40 years old when I was married, when I married the daughter of Bethel, the Aramean from Padam Aram. Is that right? Oh, I got it! Oh, yes, you, it down. you got it! You yes. get the prize! You, 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 you! So that means no double prizes up for grabs today. <laughs> but there is still a prize for you: one eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you know who this is. Give us a call. You will get a prize completely for free. You just have to know who this person is, of course. We'll be giving more and more clues out through our show, and they will get easier and easier. This guy is actually very, very common name in the Bible, actually. It is. It's a very yeah. mentioned person. So, give us a call. You will get a prize. But one of the biggest hot-button topics at the moment coming out of Europe, well, literally coming out of Europe. Yeah. Bre- Brexit. Brexit. It's been in the news every day for the last, I don't know, how long. Man, this is... It's... Craziness. Getting closer and closer, <laughs> but it feels like it's getting further away. Like, um, in fact, this is really funny. In in 2016, when I became an Adventist, yep. um, the, one of the first Bible studies I ever did was on the book of Daniel. Daniel, yep. Daniel as you do yep. and, and, and where it goes through the histories of the kingdoms of the world you know yes, there's yep, Babylon yep. and then Medo-Persia and Greece and Rome and it's so profound because you know Daniel is giving um, this prophecy in, in you know 604 a broad BC, world sweep yep. and then he just says okay this kingdom and then this kingdom and then this kingdom and then this kingdom and then he says oh yeah and the kingdoms will you know after the, the Roman Empire um, there'll be the division of, of Rome and in, the feet, in the feet of that in, speech, in the yep. feet of the image and then yep. but then they'll never adhere to one another and never come back together iron well, and clay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well at the time i was um i was you know studying the bible with these bible workers um and and they were going through you know this bible prophecy and i'm sitting there and i'm like oh man this is crazy and then they start going through the examples of people who tried to you know re-put yep. the, the kingdom back together you know you think of napoleon and charlemagne and hitler and all these kind of guys um you think of even um the euro and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but check it out 
while they were telling me this on the TV on mute, it was running through like the evening news. Brexit had just been announced, and we're sitting there studying the Bible. And then one of the Bible workers just points to the TV and is like, "You see, Brexit. This is the fulfillment of this prophecy. They won't yeah. adhere to one another." And I'm sitting there like, "Oh my goodness, what is going on? It's happening is- right before my oh, very eyes." Man, but of course, you know, as we're we're looking at Brexit, yeah, the the EU is really making. Uh, sorry. England is really making an effort to leave, and the people who are stopping them is themselves, yeah. which is so strange. You know, of course, they had the the people's vote, um, you know, a year and a half ago now, and, you know, the, the people said, we want to leave. Like, we want to get out of here. This yep. is, you know, this is, this is what we want. And so, they, since then... Um, Prime Minister Theresa May and, and, and the Parliament have been coming up with different deals on the ways in which they can can leave the EU. And it's, you know, it's end up now um, in an impasse, which is just completely, you know, it's 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 just a deadlock. They're talking about bringing the military onto the streets. That's, they're, worried about, um, they're worried about mayhem breaking out if it doesn't get through. If it doesn't get through. Yeah, well, of course, um, you know, me personally, again, another personal story to do. I feel like I have so much to do with Brexit. You know? <laughs> But I, I lived in I lived in Spain for two years um, in 2014. And You're a well-travelled man. Lawson. Yes, I, uh, I I do consider myself a well-travelled person. But yeah, I was living in Spain and travelling all over Europe. And I got to say, like being part of the European Union was like the best. You know, everything is cheaper. Um, everywhere has the same currency, especially for me because I was travelling a lot. I was based in Spain, but you know, going to France and Portugal and and Italy and Germany and all these different countries for for motorbike racing for the motorbike racing I was doing back then. But um yeah, it was it was awesome and then to see to see England leave, I was like, man, that's so confusing and wild. Um of course this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, yeah. but as well the big push there is that they don't you know, one one of the things that comes with being part of the EU is is a sort of obligation of you know letting refugees in and, yeah, and free trade, and free trade and foreign aid, and so yeah, there is that big push from the citizens of 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 England. You're more sort of conservative, more. Um, yeah, these guys who are very, very extremely patriotic. They're like, no, we don't want more people in here. So, yeah. so I think that's a big push is that, that yeah, it would it'd be really crazy if it didn't go through because they're from, because it's the people who want it to go it's through. people's vote. You know, yeah. it's ultimately, um, yeah, sure, you, we've been seeing on the news and in, in different, you know, Facebook pages and stuff, people have been protesting against Brexit in England saying, hey, no, we should stay in the EU. But, yeah, there is, well, we know from the vote, there's an overwhelming uh, majority of people who want to leave. And, and yeah, for this to not go through would be crazy. Of course, uh, Theresa May is, is currently in France um, talking with... Uh, Jean-Claude Juncker. <laughs> which is how yes, I, you're your language. Yeah, yeah. How I hope you pronounce that. They're, they're, they're you know, trying to make some breakthrough negotiations um, because, of course, we're on the eve of, you know, either it goes through or it doesn't. Yep. You know, this is make or break this week. And so, yeah, we'll just see what happens. We'll keep covering this story. But as well, something I wanted to talk about, um, Russia. And, you know, usually when we talk about Russia, we, we usually talk about, you know, Russian relations with America and Donald yep. Trump and Vladimir Putin and... A new Cold War brewing, they say. All, all these things. <laughs> but Russia, you know, one of the most insane things that has been coming from Russia over the last couple of years is um, 
you know, the 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 exposure of the state sponsored doping program that happened over there during the during the Sochi Olympics. Yep, um, yep. I don't know, you know, Russia essentially won the Sochi Olympics. They had the most medals, uh, most gold medals, and then it was found out um, that they were it was they, there was a state sponsored doping, doping pro- program, program yeah. um, which there's an amazing documentary on Netflix called Icarus. Um, there is a little bit of bad language in it, but it just really goes through. They 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 talk to they interview one of the scientists who was part of the state sponsored doping program. In fact, they harbor him as a near you know a political refugee because they're trying to trying to get to him. Um, but yeah, it's um it's an amazing documentary. But um, the IAA so that you know the the um, the International Athletics um, Federation is upholding the ban on Russia um, to enter any of their their events. Um, you know, of course the the sp- the state sponsored doping program was part of the 2014 Summer Olympics and then was exposed in 2015. Yep. Um, but still, we're looking. You know, we're in 2019 now, and they're they're upholding this this ban. Um, you know, on on doping, and I think you know ultimately comes down to um, you know the ethics of. Of of doping, um, we've seen some you know crazy doping scandals over the last ten fifteen years, especially ever since you know um, the technology in doping has increased as well as the technology to, to stop detect it, yeah. to detect it and to stop doping. And we've seen you know for example Lance you know Lance Armstrong. Um, yeah, yep. you know, uh, seven, seven was it? Seven, seven, time seven winner, times Tour de France, Tour de France winner, uh, be called out as a fraud. But the thing that that I see, and, and myself, you know, being a former athlete and, and knowing athletes, is that you know when it comes to doping, like, yeah, it, I think especially in those athletic sports, in your cycling, in your your track and field, all these kinds of things, like everyone's kind of doing it and. I think to really put a ban on, like, I, I actually really dislike what they did to Lance Armstrong. Not that he shouldn't have been stripped of his titles or whatever it may be, but the thing was is that they actually completely re, you know, discarded those seven years that he won. They discarded them from the history books completely yep. because everyone was doping. Yeah, they, they, like once they had the technology to catch up, you know, and, and they found out the method, yeah. and they came wise. They found out that everyone was doping, um, and the years surrounding it as well, where Lance Armstrong didn't win, everyone was doping as well. And so I, I sort of saw it, it, it's hard because you know just to put all of doping on Lance Armstrong and say, oh, you're the only one who has the title. You got to have a scapegoat. Yeah, you got to have a scapegoat ultimately for those guys. But yeah, it was it's just a, a gnarly sort of thing. I think especially the pressure on the athletes and the money that's at stake you know the Tour de France is getting harder every year it's come to the point now where health specialists are saying that it's unhealthy to do the Tour de France like they're really putting their lives in a detrimental state and I think ultimately when it comes to doping that thing we've just got to think of safety of athletes and 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 yeah just really promote healthiness um yeah a bit of crazy topic but now this is Matt Mayer with your love defends me
defends me Your love defends me And when I feel like I'm all alone Your love defends me Your love defends me Back to Faith FM. That was Matt Mayer with Your Love Defends Me. Really good song. Darren, give us another clue. Another clue. Who am I? Give us a call if you know the answer. We're getting a little bit easier now. Yeah. All right. Question clue number three. 
Who am I? I had a taste for wild game. Ooh, oh, if you know who had a taste for wild game, then give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will get a prize. Of course, we have come to our interview for today um, and we'll be interviewing, we'll be talking to Dr. John Ashton. John, are you there? Yes. Uh, hi, Lawson. Hey, how are you? Morning, John. <laughs> Morning. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about your book, um, Evolution Impossible. I, I, I've uh, I never read this book before. Before Lyle was like, "Hey, we're going to interview Dr. John Ashton. You should you should uh, give it a read." And I got to say, I'm like super impressed. Like I'm frothing on this book right now. Like it is, it is so so good. Um, but today we're going to be talking about chapter two of your book, um, which is entitled, well, just essentially. Um, you know, Darwin's theory of, of, of evolution. Um, yeah, so awesome stuff, awesome book, awesome chapter. I think it was really, you know, sort of foundational to me to, to start to, you know, understand a little bit more of, of what the theory of evolution actually is. But I, I want to ask you the question. Um, yeah, sure. When, you know, when you're sort of doing this uh, creation versus evolution type thing, um, when you're trying to... I guess, you know, make a case for creation against evolution, um, you know, or, or disproving evolution, why go straight to Darwinism? Well, because that's the, uh, the theory that uh, dominates today. There's, there's no other theory to mm. uh, accepted by science to explain the origin of, of life on Earth. Mm. And Darwin uh, proposed his theory at a time when... Uh, uh, educators, uh, educated people at universities doing research and so forth were enamoured with the uh, mechanical worldview. So Newton had developed his uh, laws of uh, motion. They mm. were able to develop machines. They were able to predict the motion of the planet. Mm. And so this whole concept that God had set up the universe like a, a machine Mm. And so, at the same time, however, there was a rise of intellectualism against the against the church, mm. and so a number of intellectuals were were sort of saying, "Well, look, why do we have to believe that there is a God? You know, if we've got this machine type system, and the concept, well, why should the Earth only be six thousand years old? Maybe it's millions of years old." Mm. And so, what happened was that. Darwin, in essence, by proposing this, uh, that there were mutations and there was this concept of natural selection. So these were sort of mechanical processes that could explain life. Mm. And that's why the theory was embraced with such enthusiasm by the intellectuals at the time, because really, essentially, he developed now a mechanical type model for biology. Biology now had a, a, a sort of a scientific framework uh, to work towards that, that was an alternative to creation. And, of course, those people who didn't want to believe in God really grabbed at that. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's so It's interesting. interesting. It's called a theory because um, so often when I um, read and, and listen to people talk about this idea, they talk about it as a fact, scientific fact. Um, yet you're calling it a theory, John. 
Oh, well, it's very, it's very much a, a theory. I mean, if you go on the uh, National Academies of Science uh, websites in, in many country, Western countries, uh, evolution is essentially considered as a fact, uh, mm. as, a, as a scientific fact now. But there's no scientific evidence at the moment for evolution. And so really, it's a really weird situation that we find that science academies have to make these sort of statements. And this is filtered into the education system now that essentially evolution is a fact that I think... um, uh, j- just recently, um, it, uh, over a thousand scientists have now signed a petition saying that they are sceptical that mutations and natural selection mm. can produce the uh, the wide variation of life that we see on Earth. So, and it, they've done lots of experiments to try and replicate evolution. And I think one of the issues that comes out is that the term evolution is a very you know, general term, it applies to a lot of things. It applies mm. to just change over time. But Darwin's evolution requires change where organisms become more complex by themselves. And that's never been observed and there's actually no known mechanism for it. So the claim that it's a fact is actually fallacious. Yeah. That's, that's all. Man, that's that's crazy. So something you talk about um, in your book, you, you, you sort of talk a little bit about the, the origins of evolution, how you know Darwin was on the, the HMS Beagle traveling and, and, and he observed some different things. Something that I found really interesting and something that I'd never heard of before was was Darwin's sort of 10,000 rule that it would, you know, it would take 10,000 generations, you know, to then, you know, need um, a genetic mutation do you have an idea on on why that you know darwin could would come to that conclusion especially after not observing it um, well he was just guessing mm. see they had actually no data at that point and so uh he, he was just guessing that it might take that long uh for mutations uh, sufficient mutations to occur mm. for uh, a change to happen. But it was just a pure guess. There was no scientific basis for it. It was, it was just a guess. It was just an intuition. And the thing is that intuition is wrong because, for example, Dr. Richard Lansky at um, Chicago State University has now bred E. coli bacteria through 70,000 generations. Wow. And they're still E. coli bacteria. Mm. Yeah. They haven't changed. They haven't even changed into another genus of bacteria, let alone evolved into a yeast or something more complex. And so this was a, a guess. Um, and you know, the, the, unfortunately, the whole uh, the theory of evolution and its acceptance was based on a whole lot of unproven assumptions. And that mm. what you referred to as one of Darwin's unproven assumptions, which later has been scientifically tested and pro- proven to be wrong. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I breed um, show poultry, and you can breed about two generations every year in, in show poultry, and you're looking to breed the best bird, but you can breed certain changes into the, the, the a chook, um, a show chook, but you can't actually um, breed a new species as far as I know, because it, you, you're just um, trying to breed the best bird, but I've, I've never seen an actually new species of, of poultry being bred as such. Varieties being bred, but not a species. Well, that, well, that's right. I mean, when, 
went. And, and sort of this breeding, which was the basis of, uh, you know, Darwin's evolution because, uh, a whole theory, because he had earlier been involved in, in breeding. But what we understand now is, of course, that the, both the, uh, the, the two parents carry slightly different codes and so they can bring slightly different attributes yeah. to the offspring. But the thing is, those codes were already there in the offspring. The offspring takes with the codes that were already available in one or two of the parents. Now, we can have errors occurring where codes are going to be deleted and, and so mm. forth, or existing codes might be duplicated, but they don't produce new codes. So it's possible, for example, to get... Um, uh, you know, uh, say uh, an animal born with two heads or something like that, but generally one head doesn't sort of work properly or may have a, an extra finger on it, you know, or, or some sort of extra appendage, yeah. but it doesn't usually work because the, the, the other parts of the connections that say connected to the rest of the body are not fully formed. But this is just duplication of existing code. It's not sort of changing a leg into a wing. It's not changing a fin mm. into a leg uh, system which yeah. requires totally new code. And also we can have, uh, you know, deletions occurring um, and sometimes those uh, deletions can be deletions of a, a particular part of the code that is switching off other parts of the code. And so when you delete the switch off mechanism, you now switch on other parts of the code mm. and you can have a new effect occurring. But the thing is that new effect was already, already programmed there. there. Yeah. What evolution, what Darwinian evolution requires is totally new code to form, to produce a totally new type of body part. That's never been observed. We have no scientific evidence for that. And that's why, you know, I can argue that evolution is absolutely impossible. And more and more scientists are recognizing that now. It's absolutely impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Something that I was thinking about, and I mentioned the 10,000 rule as well, um, because something that's sort of wrapped up in the belief in evolution is also the age of the earth. Um, but I, I was, I started to think about this. I was like, if, if, you know, evolution, you know, Darwin proposed at the start, oh yeah, it's going to take at least 10,000 generations of something to see a genetic change. And then, you know, for, for a species to, to turn into another species, it's going to take so many of those 10,000s of generations. Well, to believe in evolution ultimately necessitates the world being millions and millions of... A very old Earth. You know, being millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of years old, um, thus making the argument ultimately circular reasoning. Uh, Have you observed that yourself? Is that like... Would that be fair? Oh, yes, certainly. That's, um, you know, a major uh, prerequisite. And, of course, that was, uh, you know, Huxley's um, uh, concept and, you know, he was... A generation or so ahead of Darwin that um, the earth was millions of years old and that was based on uh, sedimentation rates um, mm. that he looked at where he saw the you know the build up of layers at river mouse and this sort of thing was only a few millimetres a year and therefore if you had this layer of sediment that was sort of you know, a mile thick or something like that that re- obviously represented millions of years and so uh, and Darwin, of course, grew up with this, well, um, 
he was in this whole new era where this was being accepted and so uh, in in the chapter there I mentioned that uh, when Darwin set out on the Beagle as a young man he the captain of the Beagle gave him a copy of um, Charles Lyell's uh, new book Our Principles of Geology and of course Lyell had embraced the long ages of Huxley Mm-hmm. and had studied the fossils in the Alps and showed that the fossils higher up, that is the, the younger um, sediments, were more complex than the older ones and mm-hmm. had, had developed this concept of the geologic column. And so this was a framework um, that what Darwin took, this particular framework that they'd observed um, that Lyle had observed and reported on and then put a mechanical basis to how this could happen. And so that's what was so widely accepted. But a lot of Lyle's assumptions as well were based on guesses and and intuitions. Um, uh, involved. And for example, a classic one was the age of the Grand Canyon. So mm. when he visited the Grand Canyon and he talked to locals, well, how fast is the can- you know the canyon, the falls moving back? And one of the locals said, oh, I think it's a bit over a yard. You know, the bit over, you know four foot a year, which you know one point two meters, something mm. like that. And Lyle thought. Because remember, Lyle thought in feet, <laughs> not metres. Yeah. And Lyle thought, oh, that seems a bit much. I think it'd be only about a foot a year, so uh, 300, uh, yeah, 330 centimetres. So um, because the Grand Canyon is uh, seven miles long, 35,000 feet long, mm. uh, and you've got a foot a year, so that means it's got to be 35,000 years old. Now, when that came out in Lyle's edition of Principles of Geology in about <laughs> 1870s, it more or less established, well, the Earth can't be just 6,000 years old. But the thing was, that was based on Lyle's guess, not on a measurement. And in wow. actual fact, closer to the, the reality is it is closer to, you know, four foot a year. And if it had been that, that brings it back to only a few thousand years. Mm-hmm. And, of course, even the secular age for the Grand... Uh, not the Grand Canyon, sorry, Niagara Falls. I meant to be talking about Niagara Falls. Yeah. Niagara Falls... Um, the um, even today they accept it's only about twelve thousand years old on a secular time scale, so this all puts it back into really the biblical uh, time scale of only thousands of, of years. Mm. And uh, but because again, as at this time a number of assumptions were made, and people thought it was you know had to be millions of years old. But one of the things that is the crunch now is that when we go back to, say, the Cambrian period, which is you know, dated uh, secularly at uh, 600 million years, we find fully developed animals, really complex animals, yeah. um, like trilobites and so forth, mm. that um, there's no time for their, for their evolution. And so the millions of years bit, you know, really is falling over. And, of course, we now we know it's on date based on radiometric dating. And when we you know, date young rocks that we know are only, you know, 50 or 100 years old, we still get that they come out as millions of years. So the whole concept of evolution is really being, um, you know, disproved now. Man, that's, man, that's incredible. Um, John, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning. You've been super insightful. I know you've answered some of my questions on that, that first chapter of, um, yeah, of your book. Of course, it's called Evolution Impossible, 12 Reasons Why Evolution Cannot Explain the Origin of Life on Earth by Dr. John Ashton. John, where can you get this book? 
Oh, you can get through the Adventist uh, uh, bookshop. Better uh, Books and Food. Uh, yep. and, uh, you know, Better Books and Food uh, in Australia here or through Coorong, um, the, the Christian uh, bookseller, or you can get it online through, you know, Amazon, Booktopia. Yeah, it's very widely available. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Oh, thanks for the opportunity to chat. All the awesome. best. Have a great day. Will do. We're coming up now. This is Ali and Leighton with Beyond.
Nigel, and we'd like to invite you to our church, the, the Southern, Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Rivenwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. 